This is the Forge Ministry Podcast. The Forge Ministry began in 2022 with the purpose and burden of shaping, strengthening, and sharpening men for the ministry. Welcome to the Forge. All right, thank you for tuning in to the Forge Ministry Podcast. And glad that you're here today. My name is Aaron Harris, and I am a pastor in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, at Gulf Coast Baptist Church. And on the line with me today is a friend and a mentor, and that is Brother Tony. He's a missionary, and I'm thankful that we have him to ask him a couple of questions today about the subject of mentorship. Brother Tony, how are you today, sir? Hey, I'm doing well, Brother Aaron. Thanks for inviting us to be a part, and uh, good to talk with you again. It's, it's good to be back on the line with you. In the interest of full disclosure, we've tried this once already. I forgot to press the record button, so we made that sound super official uh, now that it's officially recording. So we we'll want to jump into uh, the idea of mentorship and really the genesis and the idea behind the Forge ministry is the idea of mentorship, an older generation uh, bridging the gap with a younger generation to pass on not only doctrines, but um, just critical uh, uh, methodology uh, so that, as we know, an independent, fundamental uh, Baptist way of life continues on. And so I guess I'll ask you this question, Brother Tony, to start out is, you know, what, what, what would you say or, or could you give me some reasons as to why mentorship is actually even important at all and why it's something that we should try to pursue? Well, in the context of this conversation, and uh, truly just ensuring that what we have that was passed to us does not die with us, then we have to pass it on to others. And the links to links to the past happen through, through relationships or through media. So my children know about, my grandfather, their great grandfather, really, they know about him through pictures or through stories that I tell. Right. I knew him personally. I spent many hours with him. So a lot of what he had learned in life was passed to me through that relationship. They say that more is caught than is taught. And Spending time with him truly uh, shaped my life in in a great way, and with my father as well. So, what what benefits the last generation learned uh, can be passed on uh, just through spending time and through uh, through that personal involvement. So, just ensuring that uh, things do not die with us. You know, uh, this is important for that. Correct, and I think that's kind of the idea that Paul gave in Second Timothy chapter number two about the things that you've seen and observed and been taught of me. The same commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. There has to be a method of passing down the fundamentals of the faith, not only doctrine but methodology. He said, "You've, you've Timothy, you've witnessed my." my manner of life, my, my patience through tribulations, my doctrine. You've seen the good, you've seen the bad, and this is what you're supposed to go and replicate, continuing the things that thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. So the idea of mentorship is kind of woven all through, uh, you know, kind of the, 
the epistles there to Timothy and to Titus. And to your point, one of the main avenues of that is just being able to spend time and to, to you know, one person has to be willing to give counsel, one person has to be willing to receive counsel, correct? Yes. That that passage there in Second Timothy chapter 2, uh, truly what what I know, not only am I responsible for that, but I am to make three other generations responsible for that as well. So what Paul knew, he taught to Timothy. Paul is one generation. Timothy is the second generation. And then Timothy is to take those things and teach them to faithful men. That's a third generation. And those faithful men teach others also. So that's four generations that can have whatever God has has instilled in my life. I am not only responsible for it in, in my generation, but also to teach that to my children, that they might teach uh, their children and then yet their children to come. The same thought is in uh, Psalm chapter 78. You and I have not discussed this outside of this current conversation, but in Psalm chapter 78, verses 3 through 6, this, this same thought process of passing truth to others uh, perhaps I'll just read a few of those verses. Yeah, absolutely. Psalms, Psalm 78, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable and will utter dark sayings of old, which we have known and heard, and our fathers have told us. So the fathers knew sayings of God. They taught them to us in the context here where where Asaph is writing, he says, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of God and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Verse six, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should rise up and declare them to their children. So a father teaches a son who teaches his children, who teaches his children, who teaches his children. And when you read what's spelled out there in Psalm chapter 78, verses 1 through 6, there's five generations that are responsible for the, for the truth that has been given to a father. Right. So not, not only am, am I responsible to learn and to submit myself to being a follower, being a student myself, but there is a point where the student becomes the teacher and I am to pass that on. So God is ensuring that what he teaches one man does not die with him. Correct. And the lessons, the lessons of, of life, of experience, of the word of God, the things that God teaches a man, he is to teach them to others. And specifically with Paul and Timothy, he is specifically calling out Timothy by name. And then he gives him the principle then of teaching faithful men. So, you know, this thing about being a, a mentor is uh, there's a responsibility of finding someone who is faithful to commit that to. Correct. That will teach others in, in Timothy. But in Psalm 78, it's a father who is teaching his son who in in turn, teaches that father's 
grandsons, great grandsons, yea, even great, great grandsons when you follow that out all the way through verse number six. And if you continue reading, you know, in Psalm 78, it says in verse seven, the purpose of that mentorship is not just so that there is relationship between one generation and the next, but there's actually purpose in it. He says that they might set their hope in God. Yes, and that, exactly. that he wouldn't forget the works of God. So there is, it, it talks about the past and the present and the future there, right? That they would sure that they would remember and they would have known the stories of the past and what the past has experienced and what God did for them, and that through those evidences and those stories, their current hope and what they have right now, they'll just decide, hey, I'm I'm going to do what Dad did. I'm going to do what Grandpa did because it worked for him and it worked for Dad and it. You know that that and, encourages me that it's going to work for me. And in that in that that chapter of Psalm chapter seventy eight, some of the lessons that are being learned are lessons of what not to do. You know, the fathers were stubborn in a rebellious generation. Correct. They set not their heart aright. Their heart was not. Their spirit was not steadfast with God. They kept not His covenant. They turned back in the day of battle. They forgot His works. They tempted God in their heart. They spake against God. So one generation can also look at a generation before and learn. Hmm. What not to do? Hey, I probably shouldn't do that because this is what happens when I do. Uh, so, you know, there's the, the positive and the negative that we can learn from. And and to your point there, um, one of the things, and, you know, as a younger pastor that, that I see and that I try to safeguard against in my own life, and a man who is more tenured in the faith, more tenured in the ministry such as yourself, has seen for years already, is this trend towards a young man and he gets into the ministry or he begins to embark on the will of God. And maybe he doesn't have those clear mentors or uh, those those people in his life that can kind of be guideposts for him. And what happens is he ends up following a trend towards apostasy. And if you continue to read chapter number 78, you know, Asaph does a great job of kind of chronicling some of the apostasy and the... And the you know, he kind of recaps it in verse 8 that they might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and a rebellious generation. Well, he expounds on that and shows the apostasy of that. And part of the reason for that was because, well, they didn't have this system of teaching, you know, when you stand up, when you sit down, when you lie down, when you get up in the morning, when you're eating, that you're teaching these things and you're passing these things on. And so the tendency would be as if part of the reason we advocate for mentorship is if we don't have this system in place, the natural tendency is going to be for young men to lean towards apostasy because they are not, A, learning from the past, they have not set their hope in God, and they're not keeping the commandments that God's laid out in His Word. Yes. Systematic study should lead to systematic teaching, which should lead to systematic learning. And I, I didn't mean to get us off track there with Psalm 78, but but it just it, it parallels so well. With, it's a great with, passage. Second uh, Timothy chapter number two. It does. And so let me ask you this. In the context of mentorship, um, at some point, you know, I'm a, I'm a young I'm a young man. I'm 33 years old. So at super at, young, super young. Uh, yeah, compared to the ancient of days uh, <laughs> that will remain nameless on the other end of the line. Right. So, yeah. The thought is, is okay, you know, as a young per, as a young man, or maybe even somebody, you know, that that's your age, that's been in the ministry, you know, you've been in the ministry a combined how long, you know, over twenty five years. Yeah, 20, 20, 26 years. Started preaching about thirty one, thirty one years ago. 
So you 32 years ago. So you've got almost as much preaching experience as I do living experience. And at some point a man has to yes, we should always, you know, be f- seeking opportunity to <laughs> to humble ourselves and to swallow our own pride and to squash that in our own personal lives. But at some point don't we have to get over um, the idea of, well, I don't really know if I'm qualified to pass anything on. Doesn't that have to be kind of a hurdle that we cross in order for this? Because, you you know, there, there's really an argument that could be made for maybe even some pastors say, ah, I don't feel like I'm qualified to be a mentor. And because of that kind of thought process, you know, somebody else swoops in and becomes a mentor to some of the young men that God has put under him and takes them a different direction. A very, a very simple principle of leadership is this: a leader has to uh, two things. A leader A needs to know more than the follower. Yes. It doesn't have to be volumes more. It could be one chapter more, or maybe one principle more. But he, but he needs to know more so he can teach the follower. That's that's inherent to being a leader. And then secondly is a leader needs to know before the follower. So it might be that I could teach an older child a principle or a, a give some instruction and then allow that older child to teach the younger siblings the same instruction or principle that I've taught them. And so doing so, not only am I teaching that, that older child uh, the responsibility of obedience, but also the responsibility of instruction. So y- you are developing a follower and a leader That's good. at the same time. So with w- there's not this this mystical halo that goes with leadership. It's not that you have to know volumes more or be super qualified now there certainly are qualifications for for ministry and we we know those things from scripture but in just just leading someone or teaching someone or helping someone or guiding someone walking walking beside them walking just ahead of them either in partnership or in leadership however you want to look at that you it's it's not necessary not not necessary to know volumes more but you need to put yourself in a place where you know something if you are going to teach you have to know something that someone else either is unclear of unsure of or unwise in and you can teach them so so there's not a you know there's not a degree that says or a piece of paper somewhere that says you're now qualified to be a mentor it's just if you know something that someone else doesn't know you can teach them correct and there's some positions that you know, for instance, you know, like a father, that it, it doesn't require a large set of credentials to have, um, you know, kind of an audience. It's just a natural outflowing of the fact that, hey, God has given you children. You know, the glory of children are their fathers. They, they want to, they, they want to they learn from you. They, wanna, they want your attention. You know, you've got that gift kind of given to you regardless of, you know, necessarily even how much you have studied and so that's kind of a double-edged sword where hey if you're a father and you're by nature a mentor you have to be learning 
because otherwise yeah. you're going to be teaching your kids one way or the other, either positively or negatively. And I think well, it was, that goes back to Psalm 78. Correct. Where they, 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 you know, every man is my teacher. Some people I learn what to do. Some people I learn what not to do. And certainly as a father, we want to have positive instruction. And, you know, definitely in the, as far as the spiritual, spiritual realm is concerned, you know, I must be growing. Uh, if if I am leading, I must be constantly growing. Now, to that point, you know, and this is this is a ministry themed uh, podcast. Um, I think it was Charles Barkley, the NBA player, who at one point said, "I am not a mentor," and he tried to proclaim himself that, "Hey, I'm not a role model. I'm not a mentor. So don't you know, just because I'm a basketball player, don't look at me and pattern your life after me." Is it fair to say that? sometimes in ministry and in life, we don't get to choose whether or not we are in a mentoring or a role model, uh, uh, um, you know, position that, that just, no, it just naturally not. happens. That happens. That happens in, that happens in a home with siblings. The, the elder sibling is looked up to and follows. It, it happens in a church where people are going to follow more senior or aged or, mature members it happens in a business it happens in in uh, social structures it, that it's just going to happen you someone someone is watching you somewhere whatever your age whatever your experience whatever your place in life someone is watching you and someone is following you subsequently so being a mentor is not something that you proclaim all of a sudden to be hey I'm I've reached you know, I've, I've now graduated from high school or I've graduated from Bible college or whatever it may be. And so now I'm entering the mentorship phase of my ministry. What you're saying is that can actually come upon you at almost any different phase of life as long as there's somebody who is looking up to you and learning from you. In essence, you are a mentor whether you know it or not. You, you are. So why not choose wisely? Why not choose wisely and, and learn and apply that? And use that leadership opportunity that comes in your life. Use it in a wise way to make a difference in in someone's life. Right. Now, kind of wrapping up this idea here, um, I, I want to ask this question. And, you know, I I hope that you'll give me a, a, you know, a very honest answer. And I am asking your opinion. I'm not, I realize this is, this is our opinions. We're just fallible men um, who, to the best of our ability, are trying to serve the Lord. But is it, is it safe to say that there are so many different avenues that are pulling right now, whether that be you know, social media or whether that be the television or the Internet or, or even you know, written format, books and, and essays and there's podcasts and there's so many different outlets out there for a young man in the ministry that are pulling him. Is it safe to say that biblical mentorship you know, the Elijah finding the Elisha, the Paul finding the Titus, or Paul finding the Timothy. Is it safe to say that that is maybe more needed now with all of these other avenues that are pulling men all these different directions? Is it safe to say that mentorship should not be lost and it is needed now almost more than ever to make sure that we pass on the faith appropriately? Sure. With, um, with young people, there's more access now to information. Well, for anyone, there's more access now to information than there ever has been. 
Right. And with that comes more access to being pulled aside. Access to error. Uh, whatever. Yeah, access to, to error and truth. But w- with with that, with the access and availability of, of endless information uh, comes uh, endless input. And we're all following something or someone. And a lot of times... A, a young man does not realize that he is being led astray. He's just following the trends or he's seeing what is being liked or posted or, you know, what is, what is, what is trending, if you will, in, in social media avenues these days. And it might seem funny to watch it or to like it. And, and I don't, I'm so far out of the loop of a lot of these things. I don't even know the lingo, forgive me, but that it's more than just a like that he is clicking or applying. It's, it's a, he's following that and that is shaping him. So for someone to step up and take a proactive role in being an active leader in a young person's life, there is a, there's a dearth of that in our generation. Well, please, 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 if you're listening to this, someone is someone is watching you. Please take note of that and 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 use it wisely. That's true. And, and part of the qualifications of a bishop, one of the things that Paul says is he doth not behave himself unseemly. And, you know, in all aspects of our lives, we're to be examples of the believers because truly we don't know exactly who's watching us and taking cues from our life and to be a 24-7 Christian and somebody who's pleasing God at all times should be the goal of not just a mentor but also every believer. In wrapping this up, I'd like to close maybe with, um, you know, something that's immediately applicable, um, you know, something that we can put shoes, uh, you know, put kind of shoe leather to and, and do right now. When it comes to this idea of mentorship and why it's important, what would you say is maybe... Um, something that's that's applicable to us that right now we can do to kind of further just the conversation and the overall spirit of mentorship, maybe within the home and within the church. Is, is there something that comes to mind that you think, man, this would be at least a good first step in the right direction to kind of fostering this spirit and attitude? Something that, that comes immediately to mind is this. Who is the last person that asked me a question? What was the question? Why were they asking it? Are they seeking direction? Were they getting my input? Were they just wondering where I stand on that? Or was it someone who's truly looking for direction or someone to follow? Who's the last person that asked me a question? Stop and analyze that specific relationship and see what can I do to be more proactive in that person's life in in leadership or mentoring. And so what you're saying is if if God gives you an opportunity, He expects for you to steward that opportunity until the end. Stop and take advantage of it. You might not even realize what's going on at the present, but if someone has come to you seeking advice or wisdom, that's why I say stop and consider who's the last person that asks you a question. I'm pondering that even as I'm talking. And you know, I can I can go back to yesterday to where a young man came and asked me a question about something. It was a very hands-on question, but he was needing some direction. And uh, uh, I know that 
uh, there's the opportunity there to provide some leadership in his life, not only from yesterday, but in the future. Right. Well, hey, I, I appreciate your time, Brother Tony. This is, I think, a great jumping off point and a great conversation to have. If uh, anybody listening wants more information, that's going to be rolling out uh, just on a week-by-week basis at Forge Ministry. And you can check us out online and continue the conversation there. Brother Tony, I thank you for your time. Look forward to chatting with you again in the future. Thanks for the opportunity to be here. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you for listening to this production of the Forge Ministry Podcast. You can continue the conversation and stay up to date with new releases and conferences by visiting forgeministry.com. In addition, you can receive text alerts by texting the word FORGE, that's F-O-R-G-E, the word FORGE to this phone number, 309-316-7200. Join us next time on the Forge Ministry Podcast.